Welcome to the Human Conversation Podcast with Jules White, the real dragon slayer, author and entrepreneur sales coach. Tune in weekly for human conversation about business and sales. Enjoy business expert interviews, educational episodes, and virtual cuppers with entrepreneur business owners. So grab yourself a cuppa and enjoy. Here is your host, Jules White. So welcome everybody to The Human Conversation. And I have another amazing guest with me. I know I say that every single time. I know I say that, but this is truly an awesome guest. And the reason why is this guy, again, I've met him on LinkedIn. We have chatted and exchanged comments all through LinkedIn and had lots of human conversations, but not face-to-face. And today I can see him. You're going to be able to see him and I'm so excited. So I now need the first challenge of this podcast is whether I can pronounce his name correctly. So this is very fun. He's enjoying every minute of it. I'm just wondering what the hell I'm going to say. So I'm just looking at his name because this guy is actually um, Italian, however, with a twist because I believe he was actually born in the UK, but we're going to find all that out in a minute. So I don't want to keep you in suspense any longer. This is Stefano Capaccione. Oh, so close. <laughs> I'm so impressed. Stefano was perfect. Uh, uh, Stefano was perfect. Uh, but it's uh, Capaccione. The C H I um, is a is a key sound in Italian. Um, but ah, oh, that is that I that is very very close. I am mightily impressed. Well I I'm <laughs> impressed with myself. I have to tell you. But oh, that's awesome. So and um, and let me just tell everybody where you're from because this is very important. So so I'm going to call you Steph for the rest of the podcast because it's so much easier for me and I haven't got to worry then. Um, he is the owner and the content creator of Puck Creations. Okay, so that is where we're going to start, I think, because I want to ask you, tell everyone what Puck Creations is. Okay, um, so Puck Creations, um, in, in the simplest form, uh, we create content to make uh, your clients, everyone, that's you out there, <laughs> um, think, feel, and uh, take action. Um, so we do that by writing, um, and we will write um, almost anything you want, um, but it will be uh, some kind of marketing material. So it will be, for example, website copy, or we might write blogs, um, or we would write maybe a radio script or a video script or some kind of advertising. Um, so there's different forms of writing, but the idea behind it all um, is that it's creative and there's a little bit of magic in it, um, oh. so that we're really touching your customers. Oh, I love that already. You knew I'd love that bit, didn't you? You just knew. That's I know you like magic, so I played play, play to the audience. It's a key. You did. you did. You used one of my words. It's amazing. So, Steph, tell us a little bit. I'm going to come, I'm going to talk more about what you do because it really is very interesting and it's very clever. And just to give the audience a little taste, you also do this amazing poetry because um, I do definitely want to talk about that because I just think that's so wonderful. Um, okay. But I want to kind of go back. You know, I like going back in my little podcasts when I chat to my guests um, because I want to find out, obviously, your name is hugely Italian. I say hugely because there's just nothing not Italian about it. But you're very English, I understand. Is that right? 
Yeah, that's correct. I mean, I could pretend to be Italian if you want, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> my 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 uh, my dad might be insulted by my accent, but. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but uh, yeah, so my um, I, 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 I've got a, a, a vibrant mix. So my, my dad um, was born in the south of Italy, um, a beautiful town called San Ferdinando uh, in the region of Puglia, um, which he will tell you um, grows the best dollars in the world. Um, mm. And to be fair, he's right. <laughs> they, they, they are amazing. Um, and my mum was from um, Kerry in Ireland, um, a little town called Cologne in Kerry in Ireland. Um, and they both um, uh, emigrated to the UK when they were younger, um, both around the age of 19, I think, Um, and uh, they met um, at a dance in in Hammersmith. My dad will love that I'm telling this story. Um, They (laughs) they met at a dance in Hammersmith, um, and uh, then uh, got married, um, and had six kids, and I'm glad they had six, because I'm the sixth. Wow! (laughs) yeah so that's the the so you're the baby then i am the baby i'm the spoiled one at least that's what my family tell me Uh, (laughs) so um now i know one of the i think it was a video you did on linkedin i certainly seem to remember that you were in luton Mm -hmm. um so is this kind of where you grew up Yes, uh, so I was born um, in the Luton and Dunstable Hospital <laughs> in, uh, in Luton um, and uh, yeah I grew up there, I, I spent the first um, I'd say 19 years of my life um, in the house that my, my dad still lives in, um, wow. <laughs> that, that hasn't changed um, and uh, yeah from, from, from there I then either, uh, I moved to Northampton and, and worked a lot um, uh, and uh, uh, then I've I've been to many many different places since then. I currently live in uh, currently live in the Netherlands, so uh, I, I, I'm not I'm not a home bird, shall we say? But uh, but yeah, Luton was the the origin. Yeah, because I'm I'm in Milton Keynes, so you know, for our global listeners, obviously they're probably going to have no idea what we're all talking about. No. But actually, Milton Keynes is probably what 20, 25 miles from Luton, something like That's that. Right. So we're yep. really, really quite close in terms of neighbours if you'd still be in Luton. But then you went Sorry. and moved away to the <laughs> Netherlands. Um, but I kind of want to follow that story. So, of course, you know, I'm always intrigued because I think so he was there and then he went to Northampton and then he ended up in the Netherlands. I'm thinking there's got to be a story to this one. So tell us. Uh, there's always a story. There's always a story. Um, but uh, but if, if if we're going if we're going that far, then there's a the, the story expands um, quite a lot. So I will try and condense it because I, um, <laughs> I think we've only got an hour. Um, so <laughs> so uh, it, it, when I when I was uh, 18, um, I wanted my independence. Um, a lot had happened. Um, my um, my mum had unfortunately just passed away. Um, oh, it's yeah it's 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 horrible but mm. I, I know that you've been through uh, a lot of this as well and it's yeah. um yeah anyway so uh my mum passed away um and um you know i guess a lot of things were going through my mind um i decided not to go to university i just wanted to get to work and just kind of focus and, and do something um and uh, i managed to get a job in it sales um that then progressed and I kept on getting more and more different jobs in IT sales um, and that went from uh, Milton Keynes to Northampton which is why I, I lived in Northampton for a while. Um, but I, I always had an itch um, to go traveling. Um, I was 
desperate um, to see what the rest of the world had to offer, what all of the different cultures had to offer. I knew I loved Italy and I knew I loved Ireland, but I thought there must be more to see. There must be, yeah. there must be things that I haven't experienced yet. Um, so I decided to um, uh, save up money. Um, and, and luckily I did, I did reasonably well. Um, so I was able to save up enough money to go traveling for uh, two years um straight off the back of of, of my job um so i traveled for two years um uh into lots and lots of wonderful countries um uh, i won't go through all of them <laughs> um, uh, so, soaking up the sunshine um when i could um but more importantly meeting new people understanding different cultures eating amazing food um and then eventually when i came back uh, went right what do i do now <laughs> um, so Came back to the UK, um, uh, and a hugely important part of my life and, and, and part of the story that, uh, that I, I missed is that there's uh, my, my partner, Siam Khadi, um, is um, uh, when I went traveling, we'd only actually been together for about six months at that point. So um, the idea of us kind of breaking off and coming back together after two years was hopeful <laughs> but yeah. we knew there was realistic chance that you know it it, it 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 might not happen but um we kept in contact over that time she came out and uh and, and visited twice while i was away um in in two different countries and so when i eventually came back to the uk um she's actually from belfast in northern ireland but was living in the uk um then we decided to to really properly give it give it a go um, and we moved in together I got back into working again in um, sales um, and spent about five years then living in um, uh, in Northampton she's an engineer so she was working for um, Cummins Engineering over there who are I don't know if you know them but they're I do huge right okay I do, yeah. Um, so yeah, so we, um, we spent about five years there, but then she was also desperate to go traveling and I'm always happy to go again. <laughs> I love that. So, um, a couple of years ago, uh, three years ago now, we packed everything up again, um, and we went off traveling again for another year or about 14 months actually. Um, and I realized how privileged I I was going to say I sound, I am, <laughs> to be able to do this. It's uh, very lucky to be able to, uh, to be able to do all of this. Mm. Um, but one thing we knew when we came back was we didn't necessarily want to go back then to the routine life of the UK and we yeah. wanted to try something different. Yeah. Um, but we also wanted to be close enough to our families that you could get on a flight and just say hello. Um, so um, because of the work that I do and because I wanted to properly expand and have a business and, and work as a writer, um, I had done writing for previous companies, but I wanted to, to, do, it, to do it for myself. Um, I knew that I was able to work anywhere. Um, mm -hmm. All I needed was a laptop um, and the confidence to communicate with people on Zoom. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, so it was, it was about where Cyan could find uh, a job that was um, well paid in a country that we both liked. Um, and that also gave her the growth opportunity that she wanted. So she found one in Eindhoven in the Netherlands, which is uh, where we now live. Um, and she's absolutely loving the role that she's currently got. Um, and uh, we're quite settled here now. We've bought a house. Um, and so uh, I don't think we'll be going 
uh, traveling again at least for another few years. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> see, I love I love this, and I, I guess like I'm listening to your story, which I just love because I always think, isn't it lovely when two people have been separated and yet they still come back together? That's quite a testament, I think, to a relationship. Just putting that mum <laughs> thing in there. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. So, um, <laughs> I hope she agrees. <laughs> I'm sure she does. I'm sure she does. But um, interesting, I'm interested in, um, you travelled twice. So actually, did yeah. you travel to different places or did you yes. travel to the same places again with her? Um, no, they were different places. So the first time I travelled, um, I um, spent a lot of time in um, Southeast Asia and India um, and also travelled through Australia and, um, and, and New Zealand. Um, I can't say I've seen much of them because they're huge. And then when we travelled um, the latest um, time, oh sorry, I also spent a lot of time in, in, in Canada um, that, that, first, that first time. Um, mm. I love Canada, I don't want to forget it. <laughs> Um, yeah. And the second time when we travelled together, we um, uh, we started off in the um, north of South America, <laughs> and uh, and then worked our way through um, uh, through some of uh, kind of Central America, um, and then in, in towards South America, um, and uh, and actually spent a little bit of time travelling through Europe as well. Um, so yeah, very, very different experiences, and and, yeah. and completely. Different different types of people that you meet, different cultures. Obviously, everybody is an individual. And I, the first person, I, I completely um, hate stereotypes, but you can see kind of slight differences between um, the way that people do things in certain countries yeah. um, and the way that people react in certain countries. But the one thing that went throughout um, was that I always felt welcomed wherever I went. Um, I, maybe that's because I'm willing to talk to people who aren't, just trying to sell me something I don't know um, but, uh, uh, but but yeah I, I think that was one of the major things that I noticed is that there's a lot that goes on in the world that is negative there's a lot of people who talk about all of the politics in the world which lots of it is negative at the moment yeah. but for me I always look back to wherever I went people would on the whole good yeah. um, they had good hearts they had good souls they were willing to help you they were willing to um uh even to uh, the the amount of times i've been fed by people <laughs> i bet yeah i bet just because no other reason other than oh wow this is amazing we don't usually get tourists here um would you like some food because that's how we that's uh, that's how we do things um do you, know, do you know what i love though steph i love that food is this real central thing between humans isn't it do you not think like I think, you know, even if you sat, I've watched programs on the television because I haven't traveled like you have, but I've watched programs on the, on the television around traveling and going to see different cultures and countries. And sometimes they can not even speak a word because they don't have the same languages and yet yeah. they share food together. You know, food is this pivotal thing, isn't it? <laughs> it really is. It really is. It, there, there's something so special about it. I guess it's, um, it actually relates a little bit to, um, to, to, to business in some ways because it's, it's, it's about the feeling that you get and the different senses it touches, right? Yeah. Um, so when you're thinking about how um, you're connecting with people from a marketing point of view or from a sales point of view, you're trying to, you're, you're trying to work out what it is that they care about and then work out if it's possible for you to provide it for them, at least if you're doing, in my opinion, if you're doing things properly, that's what you should be doing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
but then how do you provide it for them? There are so many different ways and, and trying to touch the different senses. So for example, video, you can actually hear people uh, with writing. If you write in such a way, people can actually taste food. If you're writing about food, for example, they, yeah. can, uh, they can almost smell it, etc. Us talking about it now, I feel quite excited about it just because I'm talking about food. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's so true though, isn't it? And like you say, you know, all the colors and the way we can describe it. And it is amazing, isn't it? I always think that, you know, I came from that kind of typical English family where you had very bland food you know um, my dad didn't like spice in any matter or form so I never developed a great palate for spicy food and I always okay. say now you know I'm coming up to 50 years old and I always say to people oh is it spicy I can't really do <laughs> spicy you know and and I think I miss out on so much just because I can't really sort of taste and, and tolerate this spicy kind of food you know yeah, I, possibly. Um, I feel like, you know, in terms of the actual food you eat, that maybe isn't the, the most important part of it. I think the most important part of it is the, um, the atmosphere it creates when you're sitting around with people and you're having food, etc. Um, mm. But I, I understand what you're saying. My, um, uh, I'm not sure I should say this. I'm, I'm going to say the random person. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, that, 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 that I know uh, it, um, has a has a um, a similar idea, and that even if they maybe taste pepperoni or pizza, um, they think it's too spicy and they can't eat it. Yeah. Uh, so, um, so I understand that some people just haven't got used to it. Mm. Um, but again, I don't think that's necessarily the important thing about food. I think the idea for me um, it, with food is that you're maybe sitting around a table, you're uh, talking to each other while you're eating. Sometimes you're talking about the food. Sometimes just, you're, like I said earlier, you're smelling the food. Um, but it's always just something that's tangible. It's there. Um, mm. And I think that's what makes it special. Um, yeah, so. I love that. I love that. You just have such a lovely way of looking at things. I love it so much. It's fabulous. Um, so I can't, I've got loads of questions to ask you and I've got to try, right, let's get some order for the listener here because, you know, I'm getting far too excited about talking to you, Steph. So I want to talk about things like language because obviously that really does connect with what you do. So um. Uh, first things first, I'm really aware that you were in sales and now you're a writer. And actually our beautiful Amber, who we spoke to in a previous podcast, also... That was a great... Did you enjoy it? Yeah. Oh, and yeah. it was her first ever podcast. She was just so lovely to chat to, so natural, you know. But she was in sales and then she became a copywriter and a, a content writer and a writer. Um, and I think, oh, you know, is there, is there kind of, is this a natural progression? Is it from sales to writing or is there just, uh, is sales just one of those jobs you kind of fall into, do you think, Steph? Um, I don't know. Um, so the, the, the first part of that question, is there a natural progression? Um, if I'm honest, Amber's the first person I've ever met that's done that other than me. <laughs> so okay, I'm so not sure. Well, there may well be lots of others. I haven't, I, 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 I haven't met about 99% of the world. So <laughs> oh, I think you probably have on your travels. <laughs> um, um, but, uh, but yes, yeah, so whether or not there's a natural progression, um, I don't know, or at least whether or not people take up that progression, I don't know. Mm. Um, but what I would say is there's definitely a correlation. Um, 
I feel that when you sell well, um, something that you talk about a lot, that you talk about in your TED talk and in your book, and um, when you when you're actually communicating with people in general on LinkedIn, is is the art of being human, right? So the art of actually um, building a relationship. And if you're doing that well in sales, if you're building a relationship, if you're talking to people, if you're truly discovering their needs, if you're digging deep, and then and only when you think, actually, I've got a solution for this person that I think can help. That's the only time when you actually start pitching. And, and by that point, if you've done a really good job, it shouldn't even really be a pitch. It's exactly. just, uh, exactly. by the way, I've got this thing that I think might help. Um, uh, this, is, this is actually kind of what I specialize in, um, X, Y, Z. And when you do that in sales and you do that well, that very much relates to how you write copy as well. Because there are, I heard actually you talking um, to, to Amber about the differences between um, copy and content. Yes. Right. Um, and she, I thought her explanation was great. So she, she was talking about the fact that lots of people have huge differences between copy and content. And officially there are. Um, but for me, the key to any kind of writing um, is that actually you discover the needs of your audience and then you write something that tailors to those needs. Yeah. Now, there are different ways you can do that. And one way is through advertising, which is more the copy side. And that's the, you know, almost a quick, um, quicker hit kind of copy. Um, so you're saying maybe in a 30 seconds radio ad, hey, we've got this really great service. It's got this amazing USP and we think you'll love it. Um, because you only have a short amount of time to be able to do that. Whereas with content, you're maybe building more towards a brand most of the time. You're building to, hey, this is me, this is who I am, this is what I believe. And more importantly, this is what I think you believe, which really links to what I believe. And therefore, this is how I can help you. Mm. So they're the same thing, really. Um, but, but they're just explained in slightly different ways. The important part is, where's the need? Can I help you with it? If I can't, can we build a relationship anyway? Because you seem nice. Um, <laughs> I like that. I like that last bit. Yeah. <laughs> so for me, that's the same in copy and sales, right? Yeah, um, totally, I, I, totally. I was going to say, you probably agree with that because of yeah. what, from where I do agree with it. And I think this is half the trouble, I think, is that we're just not looking at it in, in this human simple form because this is actually how we do it in life. As you know, I say life skills are sales skills. This is what we do, you know, it's amazing. So um, I'm kind of coming onto the whole language thing. I'm just wondering because I feel like, you know, for me, Steph, I just feel like you've got such a breadth, if I can say that. And I don't know if anyone's going to even know what I mean, but I know what I mean. It's like you have this just lovely breadth about anything we talk about, you take it to a different level for me. So maybe things I haven't thought about. Does that make sense? You know, say if we're talking about, like we talked about food, and all of a sudden, like, you just open it up to another thing for me to think about on that subject, which I just love. I think that's just wonderful, you know? Do you feel Thank like, you. do you feel like in your work, that's what makes you very special and what, that's what creates the magic? Um, I hope so. Um, I find it hard to take a compliment and I feel like that was a <laughs> very nice compliment. It was one, uh, it was, it was. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but, um, but yeah, I guess, uh, I guess in some ways, yeah, that's true. Um, I, I think um, maybe what I do slightly differently is um, 
I probably try and absorb. So everything I look at, every every conversation I have, no matter who it's with, every time I'm watching a TV program, every time I'm reading the book, um, I try and look deeper than the surface. Um, so I'm not necessarily just saying, hey, this is a great TV show um, because it's got a good storyline. I'm saying this is a great TV show because it's got a great storyline. Um, the filming around it was done really well. Um, the actors have actually put on a great performance. Um, and um, it means something to me for X, Y, and Z reason. And I think it will mean something to other people for X, Y, and Z reason. Mm. So I think when I'm, um, when I'm a consumer, I absorb a lot. And because I absorb a lot, I think that means I am able to then let some of that out, hopefully at the right time, <laughs> um, yeah. when I'm talking to people and writing for people. Yeah. Um, so I think what, to, to kind of answer your question, hopefully a bit more succinctly, I think the reason that then does help with my writing for clients and for customers um, is because lots of people talk about having to focus on a niche when you're writing. Um, and I understand why they do that. Um, there is there is, there is a benefit to, to to focusing on a niche. It means that you can say, hey, I, I work on one particular sector, um, and I'm really really focused, and I have lots of experience in that sector, so I know what I'm doing, I know what I'm writing about. Mm. I can't. But for me, the why and the USP for writing is more about how well I can write, and also how well I can research and understand you as a business, and not just a market. For me, every business is individual and every business has a USP. So it's really important that, you know, I don't say, well, I'm, I'm an amazing tech writer, so I can, um, I can write all of the different jargon terms when actually just because they're a tech company, it doesn't mean that they want loads of different jargon terms because actually their audience might be people who hate jargon. So it's about absorbing, asking the right questions, understanding the client, and then once I fully understand the client, then I can write something for them that's powerful and that the customers actually, and therefore gets them to buy. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. And also, you know, it connects with my whole philosophy around uh, connecting to the emotions. You know, when we look at things like ideal client and we build personas and, and avatars, you know, often I feel like we just don't go far enough with that. We might buy the demographic and the geographic and all of that stuff but I don't ever feel like we go deep into that emotional side of that avatar. And actually that's where I believe we connect on that human level, you know, so it's very similar. I think we're very aligned with that kind of thought process. Um, and so again, back to language, you know, I, I'm listening to your story. I'm listening to how you've traveled, how, the wonderful breadth you have. Um, and I'm thinking, you know, how many languages do you speak? Because that's the other thing I'm very interested in when you, when you connect with this, deeper level of people and culture you know how many languages do you speak um well it, it depends if you're talking about fluently um, <laughs> so, um, so, so fluently english <laughs> close to fluently spanish um and italian's not too far off that either um but then um in terms of languages that i can speak to some degree and on a conversational level um Sorry, I'm actually counting as I'm going along. Um, so I can speak uh, Dutch uh, to a conversational level, Portuguese to a conversational level. Um, and I haven't tested this yet because I'm only just learning, 
but I think I might be able to now have a conversation in Arabic. I'm hoping. Oh my um, goodness. I, I, that's actually going to be something I'm going to do next week. I'm, I'm trying to find somebody to have a conversation with <laughs> because so far I've just learned theoretically. So I'm, I'm not sure if I can or not. Uh, we, we need to do this though. We need to put that out on LinkedIn. When we, when we publish this, we need to say, right, who's Arabic in, in, on LinkedIn that we can connect with? Egyptian conversation Arabic is what I need <laughs> because um, as far as I'm aware, there is a difference in, it's mainly in the vowel sounds, but there's a difference between the different types of Arabic. Um, uh, some of the words change, but mainly it's the vowel sounds. So I need people who speak Egyptian um, conversation, conversational Arabic um, to speak really, really slowly to me and have lots of patience. Um, that would be amazing. Yeah. Oh, you know, I think you're amazing that you can cope with all those different languages. I mean, I, I find languages really fascinating. And I was one of these typical people at school. I was actually really good at language, but then I never took it any further. So I could, I'm, I'm that jack of all trades. You know, I can probably give you a sentence in most languages because I've looked it up in a textbook or something. Um, but I can't, you know, <laughs> and I can't sort of, speak any any more than that which is such a shame because I adore language but going on from that when you think about the languages you do speak and you can converse in again you know this must be really useful for you in the work you do surely yeah I think so um again it, you know I, I I'm not good enough really maybe it's Spanish but um I'm not, I haven't tried but I'm not really good enough at any of these languages to be able to write in them for a, for, for a client um yeah. I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't presume to be able to do it um, to any uh, decent standard. So um, what I can do for clients, because lots of clients also need um, English uh, copy, um, yeah. is I can English copy and help them with the marketing side of things, and then they can mm -hmm. get somebody to 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 their particular language. But more to the point of your question and how languages help, um, I do think they help because they actually help me to learn English better. <laughs> um, because mm. the more you learn about foreign languages, um, I, it, it, we both know Eleanor. I say I know yes. her really well. I, I've, I've not actually spoken to her, but she's one of my favourite people in the world. Um, she's amazing. <laughs> she's amazing, yeah. isn't she? Yeah, I love her. Um, but she, um, uh, her, her breadth of language, I think partly comes from the fact that she digs deep into the origins of language. And she understands that to another level, something which I don't think I could ever do. It's unbelievable. Mm. Um, but I think for me, there is something to actually having the different languages um, that then have inputted into the English language. Um, so the English language didn't just come from nowhere. It came from mm. Anglo-Saxon, which is Germanic. It came from the, the, the French and the Latin based. Um, and then we also have Arabic in, in, in our languages and parts, which I had no idea about. No. Um, and so, because there's the different vocabulary that comes in, there's the different grammar that comes in, you actually start learning about more about your own language when you learn a foreign language. Mm -hmm. And you also learn more about cultures when you learn about different languages. Yeah. So you understand how maybe different people in different parts of the world communicate and how you can slightly adjust things if you're targeting kind of a broader set of people. Mm -hmm. um, Again, as I mentioned earlier, I'm not a big, even though I, 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 I'm a big fan of marketing, I'm not a big fan of stereotypes, but sometimes you do have to um, say, well, this is maybe the broad assumption um, 
of a particular way that people are speaking, etc. But then you yeah. need to test that and test that and test that and test that and see if it works. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, we always have to be testing, don't we? That's the thing. So, so yeah. you, you know, with your travels and your language um, abilities, and you know, this this is this is why you are the way you are. You know, from my perspective, I, I see now why that's that's the way you've grown. It's it's amazing. Thank you. I, I, I feel like saying the way I am. I'm hoping that was good. <laughs> this is very good. No, very good. And I mean it in the way that, um, you know, you for me, you've always, ever since we started to chat on LinkedIn, and this being our first actual virtual meeting, face-to-face, -face, live video, um, since, you know, I don't know how long we've been chatting, months, I would say. Maybe even a year, I think. Yeah, yeah. But you've always had that like I say, I keep calling it breadth, it's probably the wrong word, but you always just had that, you were different in how you expressed everything. And I just, I engage with that. I love that. I feel like, you know, I was always good at English and I can write quite well. And obviously I've written a book, but I don't feel like I'm that creative. You can write very well. <laughs> very, very well. I don't feel like I'm that creative writer, you know, and, and I just, I love what you do. And, and now you're doing video. And, and of course that brings me beautifully onto your poetry because that's kind of how I roll on my podcast you see how I link everything together <laughs> I do I liked it I liked completely, it that is, uh... yeah completely by accident obviously you know um, I, I, I feel like uh, I feel like you could be riding the segue right now that was uh... <laughs> <laughs> I am um, I really am interested obviously to I mean we can't talk forever unfortunately but I really want to cover your poetry because um that's definitely had quite a lovely um, impact I think knowing you so tell us how that all started and what that's all about um, right so <laughs> <laughs> how did my poetry all start um, I mean um, I, I, it probably goes back to, to, to even just being you know at school and being a child I, I, I really enjoyed English lessons um, uh, and I loved um, I loved drama lessons too um, and so one of the, the the big things I loved about poetry, actually, if I could pinpoint something, it was probably when um, I, I, I admired, um, I, I should say, I still admire him, my brother, um, <laughs> Andrea, um, be, just on the whole, you know, he's, he's a brother that you look up to and, you know, you want to do everything he does and, you know, typical elder sibling kind of idea and then we'd fight um <laughs> yeah. but uh, <laughs> yeah um but uh that admiration um whenever he showed me something i thought wow that's amazing and i want to be able to do that and one day i remember he came back and um he was writing poetry for i think it was a school project or something like that i can't remember exactly what he had to write it um but i still hadn't even got to the poetry stage of lessons i was still that young um and uh, he came back and he had written um some what to me were absolutely incredible rhymes i haven't read it for a long time so it might be awful but at the time <laughs> it was incredible um i remember it being about football as well so it combined two loves <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, and uh, so i think then I, I was like wow so look what you can do with this look at the um like look how amazing writing poetry could be look at how it made me feel and I, you know i'm sure i wasn't thinking in that much depth about it at the time but i guess that was that they were the feelings going through my body um and clearly it's still something i remember um so because i still remember it 
Um, and, you know, I don't remember all of the details of it, but I remember the way it made me feel. Mm. Um, I think that probably was something that triggered my, uh, my, my love of poetry, or at least my initiation into wanting to write more poetry. Yeah. But then as time went by, I loved English lessons, like I said, I kept on wanting to write poetry. But when, not even when school finished, I guess even before school finished, a few years before school finished, um, it wasn't really that my passion stopped, but you know, you start doing other things. You start, you start, um, uh, you know, wanting to go out with all of your mates and go drinking and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. And poetry wasn't the coolest thing. Um, sadly, it should be. Um, <laughs> it is the coolest thing. We've just declared it today. <laughs> poetry is the coolest thing. That should be our hashtag. <laughs> So, so because of that, I guess I, I, I kind of drifted away from it a little bit. Um, and then it was only a few years ago. Um, I can't even, I can't actually remember the poem I wrote, but um, something really, really wound me up and it was a political thing. So I'm not going to go into details about it. Now, yeah, we won't really, go there. <laughs> we won't go there. Um, but it really, really wound me up. And for some reason, the way that I had to vent my frustration, I, wrote, I, just, I was like, I just got to write something down. I've got to write about this. And writing a normal story didn't work and I thought right I'm gonna put this into poetic form um and I did and I thought nothing much of it um my girlfriend had read it said that she really really liked it said that she thought I should publish it so I put it out for a few other people to see lots of people seemed to like it and then I kind of remembered my passion for it um and thought you know what I just want to do this I just want to write and then put it out there it's partly business related because it shows the creativity I have. But if I'm honest, it's more a selfish thing that I just really like writing and I'm kind of like, it's nice to have somewhere to put it. <laughs> I, love, <laughs> some... I love that. So I'm going to ask you the obvious question is, are you, have you got a book of poems or are you going to make a book of poems? The answer um... is yes. The answer is yes. <laughs> Well, the answer to the first question is definitely no, I don't have a book of poems. Uh, the answer to the second question is I would like to. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I've been asked this by a couple of people now. Um, I still don't fully have confidence in my poetry, if I'm honest. Um, uh, so the idea of writing a book about it is, kind of freaks me out a little bit. But, um, but, but a few people have mentioned it to me now, so... It's a definite, definite maybe, let's put it that way. Yeah. So, I'm, so I'm going to ask you a question and anyone who's listened to my TEDx talk is going to know what this question is if they listen okay. to it. I have. <laughs> is this going to be one day or is this day one <laughs> that you're going to write this book? Let's call it day one. Let's call Absolutely. it day one. Absolutely. I would love to see that book. I think that's amazing. I think this is what you need to do. If anything comes out of this podcast, one thing is that you go and write your bloody book of poems. <laughs> all right, all right, you've got me. <laughs> so listen, um, just to finish off, because oh, I knew this was going to be amazing. It really has been. We'll do it again, because we'll just have a virtual cuppa. I keep saying that now to my guests. We'll do it awesome. off air, and we'll just keep chatting and, and video. So yeah, I we want to talk to each other for a long period of time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and we can meet up in the UK too when I'm back. Oh, definitely. And I, I also want to come to the Netherlands because I've never been. Um, I, I am convinced that the new man in my life who I'm going to meet, having not met one for a very many years, is going to be a tall Dutch man. You know, I've just got this cold, this they vision. Are very tall. 
I, yeah. So put it this way, I'm six foot three and um, I am quite tall in comparison to most people in the UK. Yes. I, 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 I'm having to look down and it kind of strains my neck a little bit. But now my neck's being strained the other way because <laughs> everyone over here is like six foot five or six foot seven. Yeah, um, yeah I'm definitely coming over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come along, come along. Definitely. So, so li listen, if people want to get in touch with you, which they will, they just totally will after this conversation, um, Steph. I hope so. How are they going to get hold of you? I'm going to put the links in the podcast I always do, but what's the best way for us to get in touch with you if we want to just go for it? So there is the Puck Creations uh, website. Um, it, it's currently being revamped, um, but it's puckcreations.com. Um, I promise you it will look better very, very soon. Um, <laughs> then, uh, I, I, as you know, because we interact on there a lot, um, there is LinkedIn. Um, so you can find me at I'm glad you're putting the links in because it's at Stefano Capicione. So good luck spinning that. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> I'll just leave them hanging with that one, shall I? I'll just leave yeah. them hanging. <laughs> just leave it off. They'll find, they'll find me. Uh, but there's also the Puckeration page, um, and we do post on there, so it would be awesome if you followed the Puckeration's page on LinkedIn. Yeah. Um, we're also on Facebook and Instagram. So, again, it's Puckerations. It's nice and simple. It goes across all of the different sites. Yeah. Uh, also, the last thing... Um, Oh, obviously you can email me, creativewriting at puckcreations.com uh, is the email address. Um, but the, uh, the, the last way, um, if there are people who are listening from the Netherlands, I'm not sure how likely that is, um, but if there are, uh, and you're a freelancer or you're a small business startup, um, then come join our group. Um, this isn't to promote Puck Creations, this is just to... Um, to gather a support community of freelancers and small businesses. Um, it's called Puck Creations and the Fabulous Freelancers of the Netherlands. Really short, catchy title. Um, um, but the idea is that if you're struggling with, I don't know, things like taxes or you don't know how to market yourself, um, or if you're just worried in, in general, um, then there's a whole community of people there who can support you who are in the same boat. Um, so, uh, so come say hello on that group. Yeah, that's wonderful. And actually, I hope the Netherlands will hear this because I'm hoping you'll just promote it wherever you want to over there. Um, I will always put it out on all my channels as well. And, and for the listeners, you know, here's the thing. We're on Spotify, we're on SoundCloud and we're on iTunes. Now, I know there are other channels we can be on. Eventually, I'll make sure that we're as, on as many as we can be. But for now, those are three pretty good channels to listen to us on. They're three pretty good channels. They're three pretty they're, good They're channels. pretty good. And we are the human conversation because that's exactly what we've had today. And I've absolutely adored it with my lovely Steph. So thank you so much for joining me, Steph. Thank you so much for having me. It's been wonderful. Um, and the next time we chat, as, as it's not going to be on the podcast, I'm going to be asking all about you. I'm going to reverse the... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I used to do this thing where I used to say at the end of the podcast, and have you got one question for me? And then I thought, no, you see, actually, I want to make it all about them because I, I know all about me and I, I'm interested in my, my guests. So maybe I'll bring that back as well, just for a bit of fun. Who knows? But That would be lovely. Thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. And it has been truly lovely to meet you. Thank you for listening. If you've been listening, I really hope that you've enjoyed this conversation as much as I have. I think we've covered a huge amount of things that are really interesting, actually. And what an interesting man Steph 
actually is. So thank you. And we will be with you again very soon with our next episode of The Human Conversation. So for now, ta-da for now. You've just been listening to The Human Conversation podcast with Jules White. To find out more about the other work that Jules does, please visit her website, www.liveitloveitsellit.co.uk. And if you enjoyed the podcast, then please do leave a rating and review on the platform you use to enjoy her show. Thanks for listening and see you next time.